Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today we are going to talk about breastfeeding, but in a way that we don't usually talk about it. And that is, I know that some of you, particularly at this time of the year, are starting to think about whether or not you should be a breastfeeding advocate for the rest of your life and have some credibility to do it. Some of you are thinking about applying for the IBLCE exam. I have been helping people to take the IBLCE exam for more than 25 years now in one form or another, depending on how you count. So I just want to go through some questions that may seem simple to you or maybe not so simple to you. But it's really important because these questions are questions that I have really had people ask me, sometimes verbatim. As a matter of fact, I would say most of these are verbatim. So I have 50 questions in front of me that are just related to the application process, the eligibility or requirements, whatever you want to call it, application eligibility requirements for sitting for the IBLCE exam. Now, And by the way, if you want to talk about some other stuff, we can do that another time. But right now, I'm just focusing on that application period. So I want to be very, very clear with you that before we move on, I want to remind you that I am not a spokesperson for IBLCE. Not at all. I have never worked for them. I never will work for the IBLCE. I am an independent educator. And so in one sense, I want to tell you, I feel like I know this stuff backwards and forwards, and I do endeavor to keep up the information uh, so that I'm current. But the truth of the matter is, you probably won't be listening on the day when this is recorded, or even if you listen a week from then, they could change all the rules tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., So I want you to be really clear that you should never trust the person who is talking. You should always go to the primary source. And in this case, the primary source is IBLCE.org. All of that being said, I want to repeat what I've said before, which is I get these questions all the time. So apparently it is not clear to people on the IBLCE's website. So here we go. Uh, I've got a little less than an hour to basically go through 50 questions. So I got to put a move on here. All right. First question. I know that I must fulfill both academic and clinical requirements. Must I fulfill these obligations before I apply for the exam or before I take the exam? Woohoo! You better understand this might be the most important question that you could raise. The answer is you must meet all of your obligations before you apply for the exam. 
this is hugely important because sometimes in our office, we will get these people who call and we find out that, yeah, they want to do it. We say, you know, the deadline was really two or three days ago or, uh, yeah, you got to get this all done by next week. Oh, well, I thought I had until I took the, no, no, you don't have until you take the exam. You've got to do this stuff and meet all of your obligations for your healthcare sciences, your lactation specific education and your uh, clinical rotation. Got to get all of that stuff done before you apply for the exam. Next question. How long is it from the time I apply for the exam until the time that I can take it? That will vary just a little bit from season to season, but in general, I warn people it's usually about five months. So, for example, if you apply for the exam in November, you will be sitting for the exam in April, or at least historically, that's the way it's worked the last several years, and that's the way it's working right now. I don't know what it'll be next year, but that's what it is now. So, let's say that you apply in May. Had to think about that a second. If you apply for the exam in May, you will be able to uh, sit for the exam in November. So the moral to the story here is get a calendar. You might even want a dedicated calendar where you can put this on the calendar, work backwards with what your requirements are and how to get all of your head together because people do louse this up. And if you louse it up, you can easily see that that could put you behind a half a year. So get yourself organized. Question number three, what is the next application deadline? The next application deadline is November 15th, 2019. Now, in the last few years, I would say that it has always been mid-November for the application deadline. Again, I don't know that that's always going to be the case, but that certainly has been the case the last several years. And in May, it's generally mid-May, all right? So keep those in mind. But if you're thinking of applying this year, get yourself in gear. You've got to beat that November 15, 2019 deadline. Question number four, do I really need to take a LEARC approved course? And I'm saying LEARC as in Lactation Education Accreditation and Approval Review Committee. LEARC is an acronym. And the answer is no, you do not need to take a LEARC approved program. I wish you did. <laughs> I, I wish that was mandated. And the reason that I wish it is mandated is that I offer a LEARC approved course. But no, truth is, no, you don't have to. I would highly recommend that you do. But no, it is not a requirement. Next question, number five. I am an LPN or an LVN, but I am not an RN. Can I still go pathway one? Answer, yes, you may. On the IBLCE's website, they say that here are the conditions for what fits the best with pathway one. And what you're looking for there is to 
look for the list of what they recognize as a, a, a healthcare professional. And they have, I believe, nine different ones that are recognized as healthcare professionals. And those are dentist, dietitian, midwife, nurse, occupational therapist, pharmacist, physical therapist or physiotherapist, physician or medical doctor, speech pathologist or therapist. Notice now that all that said was nurse. It did not say what kind of nurse. So, yeah, I would say you're in. Uh, Number six, I cannot decide which pathway I should go. How can I determine which is best for me? This is a really loaded question, and I would like to invite you to come to my free webinar called Six Steps to Becoming a Lactation Consultant. And in there, I sort of try to go through the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons to help you to sort out which one you want to do. Now, in truth, anyone could pursue any of the three pathways. However, and this is the big however, I will tell you that in all the years that I've been doing this, almost always someone is a best fit for pathway one or pathway two, or pathway three. So in my head, it's not which one can you do, it's which one is the best fit for what you can do, okay? So I invite you to come to my free webinar. I do talk a lot more about that. And by the way, uh, I don't always run them live, but if I do run one live, I'll be happy to take your individual question. Or, or you're welcome to call my office. Here you go. Just dawned on me here. It's uh, 703-787-9894. Okay, next one. Question number seven. I am confused between the requirements for college-level healthcare science courses and college in Pathway 2. What's the difference? Or are they the same? No, they most definitely are not the same. If you are going pathway two, that means that you get a degree, a bachelor's degree in lactation. If you are doing the college level healthcare sciences courses, that means that you just pick up some courses. For example, anatomy, physiology, uh, psychology, whatever, whatever, okay? You're just getting individual courses you are not getting a degree. All right, hope I've made that clearer. Number eight, I have no healthcare background. Do I have to become a nurse in order to be eligible for the IBLCE exam? A resounding no, you do not need to become a nurse. Now, if you want to become a nurse, that is fine. And I know of people who have done that. They've said, you know what, I'm going to go to nursing school, I'm going to get my nursing degree, and I'm going to pursue pathway one, and this is how I'm going to do it. Nothing stopping you from doing that. But no, you do not have to do it that way. By the way, I have written a blog post that addresses this in much more detail, and I would encourage you to read that post. It's at mariebiancuso.com, M-A-R-I-E-B-I-A-N-C-U-Z-Z-O. 
com. I'm sorry, I have to spell it all out for you, but most people can't spell it, and it's the only name I got, so you, you got to live with it. All right, um, next one, number nine. I understand that I need 90 hours of lactation-focused education, but how many hours do I need to get for each of the health science courses? Well, you know, this is just a great question because in all the years that I have been doing this, I have never seen that they ever address how many hours of anatomy or how many hours of physiology or how many hours of biology or whatever. They don't. They just say you have to have it. So um, you can check. You absolutely should check. Do not take my word for it, but I've not seen that there's an exact number of hours. All right, and then uh, next one is, uh, I completed my health sciences 20 years ago. Are these courses still good, or must I take them again? No. The healthcare sciences, the eight courses plus the other six, are good, as far as I can tell, pretty much forever. All right? So, we got through the first uh, 10 questions. Don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuso. I will be right back. And we'll cover, I hope, the other 40. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And today we're talking about becoming eligible, meeting the requirements for the IBLCE exam. Now, before we go on, I just want to remind you what you probably already know. And that is I have two different uh, 90-hour courses that will meet your requirement for the 90 hours of lactation-specific education as required by IBLCE. I offer two. I offer one that is partly online and partly live. This is a hugely popular course, and I will be offering it in different locations. I want to encourage you to consider coming for a live course, particularly if you do not have a healthcare background, although it's certainly great for anybody. But the live course really gives you some serious, and I shouldn't say it's live because it's not all live. There is absolutely an online component to it. But uh, you will find that you will interact with me, you will interact with others in the course, and there are just a ton of reasons why you should attend a live course, and I have outlined those on a blog post. Now, if you say to me, as one woman said to me, Marie, you don't understand. I live in Montana, and I have four little kids. Okay, well, a live course probably isn't going <laughs> to be realistic for you. I also offer an online course, and for either one, and, and by the way, I also wrote a blog post on the advantages of taking an online course, and I would encourage you, be a smart buyer, okay? Know what you're buying and if it's going to work into your life and if it's going to work for you. And oh, by the way, a lot of people are just focused on what they've got to do in order to, quote, sit for the exam. I always warn people, nobody wants to sit for the exam, but everybody wants to pass the exam. We have an extremely high pass rate from our graduates, and I would strongly encourage you, check out my course at breastfeedingoutlook.com, but also check out my blog posts about which course is which and the up and down side of having either an online or a online slash live course, and that would be at mariebiancuso.com. All right, so I'm going to mow through these 50 questions that I've heard. Uh, Truly, I'm not making these up. Uh, I'm a nurse. I heard that I don't need to prove that I took the healthcare science courses. Is that true? Um, Sort of true. You have to be able to prove that you have, uh, well, in the United States, we would call it a license as one of those nine 
professionals that IBLCE recognizes as a healthcare professional. And I just rattled those off a few minutes ago, but I think you know which one I mean. The uh, dentist, the nurse, the pharmacist, et cetera, a dietitian, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, you've got to be able to prove that, but you don't need to be able to prove that you got that exact healthcare science course. Apparently, IBLCE thinks that if you got your license, then you are good to go. That would be my understanding. Okay, next one. I am a veterinarian, and I took plenty of anatomy and physiology courses. Will those count? The answer is, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. However, the vet who called me had a bigger question, and that was that she wanted to uh, be recognized as a healthcare professional. And no, veterinarian is not on that list of nine professions. So then she and I had to have a longer talk. You know where I'm going. That was a little more complicated. Okay, number 13. I have never completed some of the basic healthcare science courses. How many do I need to take and what are they? Again, I want to steer you to the IBLCE's website. You need eight plus six different courses. I talk about this in my free webinar on becoming an IBLC, uh, IBCLC. I think I also have a blog post about it. So I would suggest read any of those sources. It's a little more complicated than what I can do because I'm just answering 50 questions here. Number 13, I, well, that was 13, excuse me. Number 14, I hear that there are some healthcare science courses that I must take at a college and others that I can take elsewhere. Is that true? Yes, it absolutely is. And I wrote a good blog post about that at mariebiancuso.com. If you Google, no, no, if you just search on my blog as healthcare science, I think you'll find it. Of course, the primary source is the IBLCE, but again, I find that people just get confused with that, so I tried to break it down a little bit more. Number 15, is there any way that I can, quote, test out of the health science courses? Um, the answer is yes, in my humble understanding. Again, I am not a spokesperson for the IBLCE, but in my humble understanding, yes. And I also wrote a blog post about that. So again, if you are on my blog and you uh, do a search for healthcare science, I think you'll find it. 17, how do I prove that I took my healthcare science courses? Well, if you are not a healthcare professional as recognized by IBLCE, you will need to have a transcript or a certificate or some sort of paperwork to prove that you actually did it. Uh, documentation, in other words. Okay, um, next one. 16, are there any free courses or low-cost healthcare science courses? Yes. And if you look at the my blog post, I listed several of them. And I think most, if I remember right, I think most or all of them are online. So I gave you a lot of resources. Check them out. I don't, frankly, I don't know if they're good, bad, or indifferent. If you know if they are good, bad, or indifferent, please leave me a comment on my blog uh, I just reeled off what I could find, but I really have never had any feedback about those. Okay, next one. Uh, I took my 90 hours of lactation-focused education eight years ago. Will that still count toward my requirement? No. You must take your lactation-focused education within five years 
uh, when you apply for the exam. Number 19, must I take the healthcare sciences courses before I take the lactation-focused educational hours? Uh, actually, no. You'll be interested to know that IBLCE does not have any uh, prescribed sequence for any of this. The only thing I might warn you is you might want to do the healthcare sciences first because then you get a real taste of how this is tough, okay? This is not just taking a little simple thing here, a little simple thing there. It's a lot of book learning and it's a lot of hours. Uh, next one. I have been a hospital nurse for 27 years. Honest to God, I got this one word for word. I have been a hospital nurse for 27 years. Do I still need to take 90 hours of lactation-focused education? Yes, you do. <laughs> Number 21. Got this one verbatim, too. I am a nurse. Does my basic nursing education program count towards my 90 hours of lactation-focused education? No. You have got to have the, not unless, I, I suppose maybe if you had a 90-hour course in your nursing course, but uh, your nursing degree, but I, I've never heard of such a thing. So I would tend to say no. Um, next one, number 22. I took an ethics course some time ago. How do I prove that I have successfully completed the course? That would be, and I'm not quite sure why I put this in here. Uh, you, if, if you need to prove something, if you need to prove something, and I'm not saying you do, uh, you would need to have your uh, certificate or transcription or something like that. I think the more salient question right now is about a communication course. Candidates for the IBLCE exam will soon be asked to take a communications course, and it needs to be five hours worth of communication. Now, that is something new that is happening, so if you are, listen up now, listen up, if you are applying this season, you do not have that requirement. However, and I honestly can't remember now when that is being required, but you need to look that up. And the communication piece is the same thing. You're just going to have to have a certificate or a transcript of some time, the kind that shows that you actually did it. Okay, number 23. Do I need to get my clinical hours before I get 90 hours of lactation-focused education? No, not as far as the IBLCE is concerned. I was astonished when we got this question in our office because I just thought, why would somebody think that? She had a good reason for thinking that, but it was not required by IBLCE. IBLCE says you've got to have three requirements. You've got to have the healthcare sciences, you've got to have the lactation-focused education, and you've got to have the clinical hours, uh, in other words, the interactions. But the sequence in which you do that, they never prescribe, Okay. All right, number 24, how many clinical hours must I accumulate? Well, that very much depends on what pathway you are pursuing. Number 25, and I would suggest that you go to the IBLCE's website, even though I cover that also in my blog post, but I just really want to make sure that you get this straight. Number 25, how long will it take me to get all of my clinical hours? Well, it really depends. 
It depends on if you are getting your clinical hours two hours at a time a week, you know, or are you getting 40 hours a week or what? It's really hard to say. And number 26, I am a nurse, but there is no IBCLC in my hospital to, quote, sign off on the clinical hours that I've accumulated. How do I, quote, count my clinical hours? Well, you just count your clinical hours as you have accumulated them, but you do not need an IBCLC to sign off. The presumption is that if you are an IBCL, excuse me, if you are a registered nurse, you are practicing on your own license within the training that you have already had, so you do not need an IBCLC to sign off. That is my humble but clear understanding. Whoa. Okay, that's all I got for right now. Come back. I'm going to, I swear, I'm going to blow through all of these 50 questions. All right, I'm talking as fast as my little lips will move. See you later. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm talking to you today about the requirements the eligibility requirements before you apply for the IBLCE exam. All right, so I mowed through 26 real questions. This one is number 27. I work in a neonatal intensive care unit, and most of the mothers I help don't breastfeed at all. They pump their milk. Does that count for my clinical hours? A resounding yes, absolutely. And again, I want to invite you to sign up for my free webinar I try to bust a whole lot of myths on what does and does not count because I've had so many gajillion questions like this over the years. You can sign up at breastfeedingoutlook.com. That is breastfeedingoutlook.com. And we run it, yeah, more or less once a month, depending on what the season is. And it's free. So just sign up. I'll be happy to see you there. Number 28, I am a postpartum doula. Will the hours I spend helping my clients to breastfeed count towards my clinical hours? I don't know. IBLCE does not specifically address the doula. So if I were you, I would probably put in an email to the IBLCE and ask them. I would think so, but I truthfully do not know. Number 29, I teach a prenatal breastfeeding class Does that count for my clinical hours? Yes, absolutely. And by the way, a lot of people think that the hours have got to be just baby on breast. Well, that certainly does count, but that's not the only thing that counts. Number 30, I am a nursery nurse, but I have not been working as a nurse for the past 12 years. Does my past experience count for my clinical hours? No. In order for the IBLCE to recognize your clinical hours, you must have accumulated those hours within the past five years. So no, 12 years doesn't work. I'm a nurse and I volunteer to help mothers breastfeed at a local women's shelter. Would that count towards my clinical hours? I would certainly think so, yes. Especially if you are under the direction of your mentor or you have some sort, some sort of structure. And I think that that could be a little different depending on what your background and your uh, certifications are. But uh, I think that's a question that you need to talk over with somebody on an individual level rather than just taking my word for it. Number 32. I am in whatever country, but I haven't passed the nurse licensure exam here in the United States. May I go pathway one? Honestly, as far as I can tell, yes. I want to go back to anybody can do any pathway. It's just a matter of some are a better fit than others. But I would also say the IBLCE does not specify where you got your initial credential, whether it was Mexico or Canada or wherever. I get all sorts of people to call. I've had people from Romania and Ireland, and I've had course participants from Italy and Germany and everywhere else. 
And, uh, you know, I've basically said, I don't see this as a problem. And nobody has ever told me it's a problem. So I'm going to say, I think so. Number 33, I am a physician. How do I prove the number of clinical hours that I have spent with breastfeeding mothers? Well, I think I would say how you're going to need to look at your appointment book. Of course, we don't really call them appointment books anymore, but you know what I mean. And be able to give some sort of a reasonable effort, uh, excuse me, estimate. And then make sure that you've got somebody that can verify that or some way to make your best guess seem substantiated. I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay, number 34. I give a lot of help to my friends and neighbors who are breastfeeding. Does that count for my clinical hours? Uh, no, I really don't think so. And here's why I tell you that. <sighs> One woman said to me, I have rocked away more free hours on my back porch. You're not in a healthcare setting. You don't have any special training for it. You are not working on your own credential or certification. Uh, I'm I'm not seeing how that could work. I, I really, again, I cannot speak for the IBLCE, but I just don't see that that would be uh, counted logically. Number 35, I work in a retail store and we rent pumps. Does that count for my clinical hours? From what I have read on the IBLCE's website, I would say no. It sounds to me like you're just doing a sales job that, to me, would not count. Number 36, I do a lot of telephone counseling. Does that count for my clinical hours? Yes, if you are helping mothers to breastfeed, they don't necessarily need to be in front of your eyeballs. Uh, number 37, I work with a lot of prenatal clients doing nutrition counseling and talking to them about the feeding decision for their baby. Does that count for my clinical hours? Well, a resounding yes, of course. You are already developing your interviewing skills, your counseling skills, your learning about the kinds of questions that they ask and your hopefully getting the right answers for them, of course that counts. Now, I do want to warn you what I said to you a few minutes ago, which is nobody wants to sit for the exam, but everybody wants to pass the exam. So if prenatal nutrition counseling is the only thing you're doing, that may not stand you in good stead for actually passing the exam. In other words, I'm suggesting that you get a variety of experiences. Number 38. Oh, this is proof positive that I do not make these up. I, I never would have thought of this, but somebody asked me verbatim, I have two jobs, both working with breastfeeding mothers. May I count both jobs towards my clinical hours or only one? I see no prohibition. It seems to me like, and here was the, the woman's situation. She was working in a hospital as a registered nurse by day, eight hours a day, five days a week, and every Tuesday night she was running a La Leche League meeting as a La Leche League leader. And I basically said to her, both of those things would count if you were just doing them individually, so I don't know why they wouldn't count if you did them uh, together. So it seems to me the answer would be yes. Uh, number 39. My job responsibilities extend beyond just helping with breastfeeding. 
how do I count my clinical hours for exam eligibility? Okay, I get this one quite a lot from nurses. And here might be a possible example. I work on a uh, mother-baby unit, and I do help mothers with breastfeeding babies, mothers who are lactating, yada, yada, yada. But I also... uh, I ambulate patients, I put patients' IVs in, I check their dressing, I check their fundus and flow, blah, 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 blah. Okay, got it. You've got to estimate what part of your day are you helping the breastfeeding mothers. And again, it's got to be a good and a reasonable estimate. I've worked on a mother-baby floor as well as working on a whole lot of other clinical units, I would say that probably about 20% of my day was spent doing, if, if I was in a normal role, okay, if I was in a staff nurse role, I would say that about 20% of my day was spent helping those breastfeeding mothers, and probably the rest of my day was spent doing all the other things I just mentioned, ambulating to the bathroom, administering pain medication, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, Number 40, this one bothers me a lot. I've heard this so many times. I've been shadowing my friend who is an IBCLC for months. Does that count for my clinical hours? And I don't know why people ask this question because I, I do not see anywhere that IBLCE recognizes shadowing as part of the clinical hours. In fact, to the contrary, I think that they make it pretty clear that you need to be doing something. Now, that being said, they certainly encourage you to watch, shadow, observe. In fact, for Pathway 3 people, they mandate it, all right? But I think it's fairly clear that they're saying that shadowing, observing alone does not cut it. You have got to be doing, 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 doing. That is what counts towards your clinical hours. And by the way, I think you do yourself a huge disservice if all you do is watch anything, this or anything else. It's really important that you are doing in order to master the skill, okay? So, no. All right. So, we're going to go to break here in a minute, but I just want to remind you, I've got a gob. I mean, I've got tons of free uh, resources for you. I have got a free webinar or two or more. I don't know. Um, We're adding and subtracting right this moment. Uh, I have got a list of terminology that is a free list. You should uh, feel free to download that. Uh, I have got a 90-hour course that is both live and online. I have also got an all-online course. I have trained literally thousands of people to prepare for the IBLCE exam, and I am very confident that I can help you too. My aim is to get you to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try. And oh, by the way, I just want to let you know that when we have somebody calling our office singing the blues about how they did not pass the IBLCE exam, the very first question we ask is, did you have a 90-hour comprehensive course? 
So just kind of wanting to let you know that it's really important that you give yourself the best shot at passing the IBLCE exam on the first try. And I would say it's really important that you give yourself a solid foundation. People say, I want to be a professional. Great. Then start out with a professional approach. I'm Marie Biancuso. I promise I'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, 
please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso, and I'm here today talking to you about becoming eligible for the IBLCE exam. I have got 50 questions in front of me. I do not make these up. They are all questions that I have had people ask me or ask somebody in my office. And I want to, again, highly encourage you to get the real answers from the IBLCE's website. That's at IBLCE.org. I do not work for the IBLCE. I never have, never will. I am not a spokesperson for them, but I do know this stuff pretty well. So I find that because people get confused, maybe it's worthwhile to just unpack this for you. Because You know, I've had people say, I don't get my IBLCE exam. Uh, uh, I don't want to sit for the IBLCE exam because I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to start. So, yes, you should sign up for my free webinar. Uh, yes, you should listen up because I'm going to mow through a few more of these. I, number 41, I am a La Leche League leader. How do I count my hours? Answer. I don't want to answer this because IBLCE has just come out with some new regulations on this. They gave a very brief blip about it and they said that there was more information to come. And I believe that they said that they were going to give more information after September 2019. So, That information is either there or forthcoming by the time that you hear this. Um, I don't want to speak to it because I'm afraid that I will mess you up. Number 42, I might not be eligible for the IBLCE exam right now. How many times a year is the IBLCE exam offered? Uh, Here you go. This is the twice a year part. So you've got to get your act and your head together. Number 43, this one is a killer. There is no IBCLC in my area who can mentor me. Does that matter? It really depends. If you are going pathway one and you are already recognized as a healthcare provider as recognized by IBLCE, or if you are already a mother-to-mother support counselor as defined by IBLCE, all right, you cannot just make this up out of thin air, all right? If you are recognized in those ways, then the answer is you don't need to have an IBCLC to mentor you. However, it gets really hairy with the other two. Now, if you are going pathway two, and remember that's where you're going to a college in order to get a degree in lactation. If I were in your shoes, the very first question I would ask would be, do you have, uh, do you find mentors for us or do we have to find our own? The answer is, I don't know. I have heard of people who have to find their own for Pathway 2. I just don't know if that represents every every organization. I just don't know. And Pathway 3, uh, you are going to have to have a mentor and you're going to have to find your own. 
And if you do not have one in your immediate locale, I don't have a good answer for you other than move. And nobody wants that for an answer. Uh, Sometimes, however, what I've been able to suggest for some people is you actually might have an IBCLC in your area and you might not actually know it. So there, you need to put your antenna out. You need to do some networking. Sometimes there really is somebody. Okay, so that's what I'm going to say before you give up. Um, number 44, I've heard that if you have a mentor, you might need to pay the mentor. Is that true? Yes. A resounding yes. And you should look into how much that is. Number 45, my IBCLC certification has lapsed. Do I need to start all over again or just apply for the next IBLCE exam? Um, this is a little hairy. It is my sort of flaky understanding that you get do get a little bit of a grace period, and I don't know precisely how that works. But if, if you are still in that little bit of a grace period, you're probably okay. You need to look this up on the IBLC's website. Um, if, however, you are past that period, I'll give you an example. One year, I was very, very sick, and I could not take the IBLCE exam. And at that time, I was still within the grace period that was specified. Now, this was a long time ago. Uh, and so, no, I did not have to start over from scratch. However, if you are beyond that period, then, yeah, you do. you got to start over from scratch. You've got to take all of the requirements just as if you were a newbie. Uh, number 46, I have a disability. Will the IBLCE exam accommodate me? Um, in theory, yes. However, I will tell you that a student who came to my uh, comprehensive course, I remember this woman as clear as day, uh, she came to my course in Baltimore, and um, she had a disability, and she had to really fight for herself to get accommodations. So the answer is just really be ready to be an advocate for yourself. Number 47, I live in a very rural location. Where can I take the IBLCE exam? I would say go to the Pearson View site. It's P-E-A-R-S-O-N-V-U-E.com and put in your, I think it's your zip code, and see where is the nearest one. If you live in a really rural place, you're probably going to be driving a whole bunch. All right, number 49. I got a, uh, oh, no, 48. I'm, I'm still breastfeeding my child. Will I be able to take a break during the exam? The short answer is yes, but you must apply for that break when you apply for the exam. And I have written a few blog posts on that, so you should you should read that. I can't go into it here. Uh, number 49, I have already earned a lactation credential and I have taken a test. Will the IBLCE exam be pretty much like the test I have already taken? Oh, yeah, I get this one all the time. Uh, no, no. The IBLCE exam is unlike any exam I have ever taken in my whole life. No, it is not like the NCLEX. The only thing it has in common with the NCLEX is that it has questions, and the questions are on the computer, and you have to answer the questions. As far as I can tell, that's the only commonality. Uh, I have taken the IBLCE exam five times, I have, and, and I have taken multiple other uh, nurse-type certification uh, 
uh, exams. It's not like those at all either. So the answer is no, I don't think it's like anything else I can think of. And number four. 50, I have completed all of my requirements, but I'm not sure I'm ready to take the exam. How can I figure that out? Uh, my answer to you would be, if you think you're not ready, you're probably not ready. I would really encourage you to go and read my blog post on that uh, because I have addressed that. And bottom line is, yeah, you, you really might need a little spiffing up. And if you have additional questions, which you probably do, Please let me know, but I also want to refer you to the Candidate Information Guide and other resources that are on the IBLCE's website. I also want to invite, oh, and I did a little bit on my YouTube channel too, I forgot about, I actually did a really good one on the health sciences, so you might want to check that out. But in the meanwhile, what I want to tell you is, uh, let me know how I can help you. I would love to see you at my live course, it does offer all 90 hours And if that's not realistic for you, then I would love to more or less see you at my all online course. We have now had participants on, I believe, five, possibly six different continents. And you could be the next one to participate in one of my courses. I hope I can be able to help you in that way. Anyway, that's all I got for today. And it'll be a real different a show next week, I promise. But in the meanwhile, I'm Marie Biancuso. And remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 